Anyway, Toast on the Plantation, volume 13. Um, basically, we're in a rush. One of us needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the things, what we wanted to talk about. So, there was this thing going around. Um, I feel like I say this so many times. There was this thing going around on Twitter. But we're going to get into why Twitter is stupid anyway. But there was this conversation about um, private school um, versus public school. And would you send, which would you send your kids to and why? I think a lot of... So there's that, there's that tension that I've always seen in terms of like people from public schools saying that people who go to private schools or let's say grammar schools potentially are kind of a bit up themselves and they're not really black and that kind of stuff and they look down on us. And then on the converse side, people from private or grammar schools say that our oh, people from, you know, public schools think that we're not black and, you know, we're, we're not included in our community and stuff like that. So I guess that's my question for you guys. I mean, we've got a spread here of people who went to private. I think everyone went to either private, a um, couple of you have been to private, a couple of you have been to grammar, a couple of you have been to state schools. What's been your experience of that and the tensions that you experienced in terms of like, um, I don't know, like, did you feel part of a community or did you feel excluded by the other community? So if you went to state school, did you feel like you couldn't relate to private or grammar school kids? And if you went private or grammar school, did you feel like you couldn't relate to let's say public school kids? I'll jump right in on that. So I went to a state state primary school, private secondary school, grammar school for sixth form. So I experienced the full spectrum. And I think in terms of whether or not I felt disconnected from black culture or whatever, there were there were definitely times where I was a little bit out of sync with it. But that was less to do with the fact that I was in private school and more to do with how I'd been how I'd been exposed to the idea of what black culture is from home. So my private school, I think, probably stands out a little bit from the normal private school because it was in the middle of Catford. St. Dunstan's College does not fit in with what normal Catford is. So whereas I was listening to another pod uh, just yesterday, actually, uh, talking about this topic to try and get a feel for what other people were saying. And a lot of them were talking about the strict rules about how they try to differentiate themselves, set themselves apart because they were expected to live up to a higher standard, um, including something like they weren't allowed to eat on the streets. Say what? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what school it was, but he went to a private school and it was in a very well-off area. So people would call into the school if they saw their students what? walk around in uniform yeah, eating on the streets. Yeah. yeah, but that they have that in... Uh, quite a few schools have that now, actually. Because my... You can't eat Yeah, on my younger brother, he goes to school in, like, Lewisham area. And they have so many dumb school rules about just, just to regulate, like, students' behaviour. And he goes to a state school. So they can't be in the shopping centre in their uniform. They can't go like obviously most shops have the only two school kids at a time, so that seems to be quite standard across the capital. But um there are so many So what is their uniform will get soiled by being in the shop in the shopping centre? No, it's just because they the have they don't the like like large collections of kids loitering and being youth. R- rowdy. I guess they want yeah. to keep the image that their students are doing productive things at home. Essentially, they just want something. you to rip off the blazer and then go about your business. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's not even like you can't be doing certain activities if you go to the school. It's just like, don't do it in your uniform. Yeah. The Ooh. school don't want the smoke. 
But it was weird because Dunstan's never bothered with that. There's a chicken shop literally two minutes down the road. So we would come straight out of school, pick up four pieces four piece of chicken with chips, jump on the one, two, four, and we're all there in our in our uniform the whole time. So in terms of the people I was interacting with, most of us still live around Lewis and Borough, most of us are still black. It just happened that we were in better off positions. Do you not feel like a, you didn't feel any disconnect with the people around? Like, do you? Okay, from my perspective, from going to St. Olaf's, I don't know if you'd know this. This is what hap- This is what used to happen um, back in I don't know. It was like two thousand six to like two thousand eight. You know, there's a spate where people were getting robbed and all the time. You know, around the happy slap era, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Oh. Our oh, school my days was our school. Ah, oh, my days. <laughs> happy happy slapping was one of the wickedest times of life. But anyway, so <laughs> I mean, that was when we like just got smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's when we just, like, just you know the engage, you know the engage yeah. like that, <laughs> the square phone. That yeah. rainy footage. Listen, <laughs> the amount of videos that went around, people just getting random sla- on top Certain decks of buses. Certain youngsters can't relate. <laughs> Listen, on the top deck of buses, it's just, it just silly. But basically, but I say all that to say, our school went through a time where people just used to get robbed on a. On a regular basis, they even had to do assemblies. Like, guys, take care when you're going. They didn't, and there's nothing they can really say. It's the type, guys, take care of you when you're going home. But it's like, look at our school uniform. People already know what time it is. They know, they see that our uniform, they just think, game over. I'm getting the phone. I'm getting whatever. And I remember there's a story of a, of a guy. He didn't actually get robbed, but it's just a, it was just a bad story. Um, I, was on the, I was on the 208 bus um, coming from Orpington. And there was this kid on the top deck of the bus playing like a, with his PSP. Just, you know, just there having fun. And then these guys at the back of the bus, you know, when someone's talking about you, but not talking to you, but they were just talking loud enough for him to hear. They're like, ah, oh. one of them's like, ah, oh, I really want a PSP, you know. And it's like, oh, it's tense. Yeah, I really want a PSP. And then all his friends are like, oh, why don't you just take, why don't you take this kid's, this kid's one? He's just out there playing with it. And the kid's just there, like, just playing, but <laughs> you can see he just busy starts getting tense. And so, like, the guy just goes, ah, oh, if he gets off before Petswood, I won't, ro- I won't rob him. But if he gets off after, I'll just rob him and get off the bus. Man. And so the kid next stop just got up, got off the bus. <laughs> like our school was literally like just <laughs> muggings for every area. I remember people from Kingsdale came down. This was on the day of a GCSE exam. They came down and just robbed, like got on the train and robbed bare of us, like loads of us. I got on the train and I saw them. They looked at me. I looked at them. I was thinking, what's going on? <laughs> just walked off down the train listen everyone preps for exams differently you know <laughs> <laughs> I, got I that actually method. some people meditate some people <laughs> some people like, rob others, <laughs> like got a little robin spree yeah I'm, because it was just it was it was that thing of and i i guess i felt the disconnect <coughs> even just on that level of like your school is is just a school that everybody knows they can just play with like it's just not there's no respect like you're just some posh like private school, grammar school, but not private school, but grammar in everyone else's head. It doesn't matter whether you're private or grammar. To them, it's the same thing. We're just going to rob you anyway because you're not, you know. And I guess maybe my school was different because we were a very prestigious grammar school. But even still, we still had that. It was still that aura of just like, you know, everybody there knew they're going to get A's. Small A's flex. A's. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well. All right. I, I don't know private school. I still got A's. No, I'm just not. I'm just telling the buttons. (laughs) Wow. At me again. Wow. (laughs) I don't. I. I I found. So this. I found it. What I find really interesting is when I was growing up. When I was growing up in church, I'm. I'm just gonna say it. 
Me and my brother used to get teased because we were like, quote unquote, white because we went, up, went to private school. Guys, for, I've like, apologised already. You need to get over this. Like, <laughs> no, but to be fair, you were one of the few people, you were, one of the few, <laughs> you were the, one of the few people who were actually, who were actually cool with it. It was the rest of them. Ish. I won't at them, but the rest of them used to do it. And like, I don't think I felt disconnected. In primary school, I definitely felt disconnected from black culture, but I think that was because from what I'd grown up with, I was constantly told by these people around me that the way I was wasn't black because I wasn't, because I was quote unquote more well off and I quote unquote liked reading or like different types of music. And when I got to private school, so I had a similar situation to um, Tunde where my private school was um, in Blackheath and we had actually like a quite significant like um, black like population. So it was like, there were actually quite a lot of black people and there were kind of like two sets of black people in my school. They're like the ones who had come from like the local state schools for primary school. And then those of us who'd maybe come from like the private schools, whatever. And and even though we like mingled and stuff, I found that when I got to secondary school, I almost found other black girls who were like me, but who were still proud to be black, but weren't necessarily... I don't know stereotypically stereotypically, like whatever so I didn't feel any disconnect from my blackness because I was surrounded by other black people who were also in private school who also liked the same things I did who also thought it was cool to like reading and who did well at school and blah blah and there was no idea in my head at that time like by that time that I was less black because I spoke in a certain way or because I liked certain things I did feel disconnected from like some other black people but I think that part of the problem with that is that we've Especially in Southeast London, they've created this thing like where to be black Southeast is London? to. Well, I, I, I can't speak you about that. Southeast yeah, I was thinking about like there was this idea that to be black is to be to not be well off and to speak a certain way yeah. and to like certain things, and then that was what defined blackness. Whereas growing up in my household, like I always knew of blackness in like terms of knowing my history and like my cultural food and like old school like Jamaican like games that we used to play at church and like so for me like blackness was not like gangs and i don't know grime it, like grime is also that's all part of black culture but that wasn't the only thing that defined me as being black so i was just kind of like confused at that people would see me as less black because i went to private school because i'm like so basically black people can't have money is but this is this is and this is where this is the problem i found i was saying like why i think things have become so warped for us as black people that we actually think that if there's no struggle involved then it can't be they can't be black or it can't be black blackness because blackness is to not have any money blackness is to is to be struggling and it's like why should that be the only example of blackness that we see like you don't have to be struggling to be black like if you're well off and you're black that's a great thing it's like that's what we that's the weird thing is like we came over here for that like we Mm -hmm. came over here because we wanted a better life for ourselves so why on earth would we be then on the on the flip side be like well if you're not struggling you're not going through this and xyz you're not black it's a just it's a black experience but it's just there are many different black experiences i think you kind of you kind of answer the question though it's because it's the only reality we see Mm. like that is what that is the black image that we're presented with through all the different media forms that we get we see that is how they define blackness that is how Mm -hmm. it is presented to us so that is what we feel like we have to um replicate and we have to live um i've always found it quite challenging to 
like say on a career front if you don't have that struggle because I wouldn't say I didn't go to private school but I wouldn't say I was hard done by Mm-hmm. Um, obviously when I didn't do my chores like it was a bit peak but we won't go there <laughs> um, yeah, but do you know what I mean like I don't have if you don't have that struggle story or that you know major setback or major trial or tribulation that you had to overcome like it always feels as if your achievements are less so because you haven't because you uh, had... played into that narrative that is presented to you do you mean as in like because you already had something to begin with yeah. Therefore, it's like, ah, oh, you didn't really achieve like that. Your, like, your other people achieved, but you great. didn't achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then don't you think, though, and this is the this is the interesting conversation, because the whole conversation around privilege in just all walks, like, whether it's white privilege, like, um, thin privilege, whatever privilege you want to talk about, you could always say that, ah, oh, because you had X privilege, every achievement that you've you've had isn't necessarily just down to you. Yeah, absolutely, but that's the whole point. People say this thing like, I, I, dude, oh, but you had privilege, you went to private school. Uh, oh, duh. My parents literally paid thousands of pounds a year so that I had privilege. Like, obviously that's what they paid. I found it easier to get into university than other people who didn't have the privileges I did. Like, is that not what we want? Like, which parent yeah, doesn't what want is their wrong kids that? to that have, bad? like, extra stuff? Like, if you get your children, like, tutoring, that's giving them privilege. If you give them, pia- like, piano lessons, that's giving them a privilege or extra stuff. Like, if you give them more books than other kids who can't afford to have the books or opportunities to go to museums or art, art, art galleries or whatever, you're giving them privilege. You're giving them leverage in society. Like, every parent wants to do that for their kid. I think the question is, especially when it comes to private schools, because I think a lot of, like, woke twitter whatever it's like capitalism is evil right so if capitalism is inherently evil by sending your child to a private school you're essentially playing into a capital system where you're using your money to leverage privilege over somebody else which isn't in a way i guess the question is is are you by sending your kids to private school facilitating uh an environment that allows oppression to flourish because you're basically playing into the idea of like an elite and making your child part of an elite that other people can't have access to and your children, your children literally get privileges and opportunities that other people don't get, and access to things that other people don't get. So you're kind so of perpetuating, should... you're perpetuating a system of privilege and so of oppression. So instead, we should instead we should struggle. No, but they're saying instead you could send your child to the to the state school and wait, it, and it's on. making it's in like to encourage equality by sending your child to private school. Like there's some people who believe that private schools should be abolished because the very nature of them perpetuates systems of inequality. And privilege. I think that's part of the conversation, especially amongst like woke Twitter about d- sending your child to private school. I I'm not a socialist, so I can't really. But then here's so here's the other thing as well. If you look at someone like Diana Abbott, right? Yeah. Diana Abbott yeah. would be a person to say, ah, oh, state schools, you know, like or you know, private schools and public or grammar schools. They kind she'd probably say a similar thing. But then she did send her her child to a private school mm-hmm. or, or did you, a grammar yeah, school? Yeah, she did one, it, private yeah, school. Yeah, and people got at her for it. But I, in my head, I just see it that as like. I know the system. I know that things are already bad. Because the thing is, everyone has choices to make, right? We know that in terms of this society, if I buy a pair of, if anyone buys a pair of Nikes, they are inherently contributing to a system of like poverty somewhere else. Mm. Facts, like, you can't deny that, depending on the clothes you wear. So everybody has decisions to make in terms of what they do, what they bear. So my, my thing is that I won't shame another person for a choice that they decide not to make. So if you say, I want to experiment with my kid and send them to a state school 
and I'll experiment with their life and hopefully they'll turn out okay. That's fine. You can do Wait, that. Wait, hold on. What you, what you said is so problematic. <laughs> so, no, but what he said, so, your child to a state school is experimental. No, guys, if you have the finances to send your child to a private oh, school, okay. uh, but then you're like, oh, I have ethical reasons why I'm not sending my yeah. child to a private school. I'll send them to a state school even knowing, uh, even knowing the risk that they probably, they might not achieve as much as they would in a private school, but I'm willing to take that hit because of my ethical beliefs. I feel like- That's your personal prerogative, but don't come and tell me that I must make my child part of your socialist experiment. We're black. If white people want to have a socialist yeah, experiment with their children, the let them do it. But as a black person, my child is already at odds in the state school system, but especially in London. On. So I'm already putting them into a system where they're at an extra disadvantage, not just for being in the state school, but also being black in the state school. So if I have the means to take them out that system and give them a bit of a leg up, I'm absolutely going to do it. So wait, hold on. Okay, I'm going to go on a slight tangent, but mm-hmm. I think I'll double back and make a point. <laughs> I think... <laughs> Right, so there were there was an article that came out last weekend, I think it was The Guardian, um, that was talking about the impact of phone screens and on your mental health. And they referenced um, a lot of senior tech leaders in Silicon Valley send their children to um, screen-free schools. I can't remember the official term that they use, but essentially there are no computers, no mobile phones, nothing like that in the school. Um, and it's just sort of traditional methods like writing and Reading stuff. and writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Weird. Traditional weird methods. Reading, you know, like writing stuff. Do you know, there were weird stuff that they used to do. Pencils. Back in the olden days. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, y- Yemi, do you know what a book is, right? <laughs> you guys are like, I'm so young. They only know PDF. I'm a grown adult. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, what's that, a Google Doc? <laughs> Um, <laughs> no <laughs> but anyway so you've got these these people who are curating a lot of the apps and modern technology that we're using today to survive on if we're yummy and <laughs> and they're sending their children to screen free schools because and one of the reasons is because they know the detrimental impact it has on your mental health so just be, in the same way that just because they are creating this technology and pushing it out there they still accept that even with that, there is a negative impact of screens that can that can happen to their children. So they'll send their children to screen-free schools. So why isn't mm-hmm. it the same for Diane Abbott or whoever else? If you are well off, and fair enough, in your day job, you're working to change a system. But right now, that system is not changed. Not, right yeah. now, the system is what it is, is what you and your children right now, are not going to win. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly the point. I would wish for a system where I could send my child to any state 100%. school. 100%. Like, yeah. And, and, and they, them to interact with people from loads of different backgrounds, and for them to receive the same quality of education as they would in a private school or grammar school. But the point is, they're not going to. And like, if I have a young black boy, do you ever think I'm going to risk his life for some sake of some socialist utopian ethics ideal to send him to some local state school when I have the money to not to, to take him out of the environment when I know that people in that school are walking around and even things like, even simple things like safety, like, let's be real, with some state schools in London, there's a risk that he goes home and he's more at risk of being stabbed or robbed or anything like that. People who go to the local private schools in London... That that was that wasn't even in my radar. So, like, it wasn't the, even no, but wait, hold radar. on, hold on. That is so. I okay. So I don't know where I stand on this sort of would I send my children to state school or a uh, private school. I personally went to where did I go? I went to a state school and then I went to a grammar um, secondary sc- um, sixth college form. sixth form. That's the one. <laughs> um, but 
to assume that because you go to a private school, you are safer or you have, like, fair enough, you do have access somewhat to a better education. But I know plenty of people that did not do as well in a private school. It is not... Black people. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it so, so I, a, I think, I think like, we need to be... It's rite of passage that because no, you go to a private not, but it's school... about chances. Like, though. there were people... There were people... My cousin went to a private school. There were people... More people in her year got, like, pregnant. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with getting pregnant, but just... There totally is when you're underage, but go on. Yeah, fair. I'm just trying to be dramatic <laughs> and PC in it. Everyone's yeah, yeah, got yeah, their yeah, own... Yeah, yeah. Their own... It's not... Whatever. Yeah, it's not ideal. Um... <laughs> So there were people who were getting pregnant. Someone got kicked out for doing drugs. Yep. There were people like people were doing all sorts. They they were like knives found in their school. There weren't f- knives found in my school. You but we're talking about probability. Are you talking about probability and risks and average? I don't know what's going on. I'm not no. saying there aren't any bad in It's a lie. Privileged Christians do. So there were kids in my school who were absolutely high on cocaine. But do you know what privilege does? Privilege means you can take cocaine for a couple of years to the cows come home, mate. or whatever rehab. White privilege. Privilege, white privilege, white privilege. But also, if you're, you, if, you would no, have been able to no, do that. But also, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> no, but I'm saying that. first sign of white up your nose, no, mate. You've been out your ear. But that's not even to do with white. That's to do with with money. My parents were weren't rich. They struggled to put me through private school. But if I was an extremely rich black person, that is true. Then it's the same thing. They could yeah, pull me true. out of school and send me to rehab and put me back in. Yeah, that is true. money privilege. So yes, if but if my child, I'm not going to be. I don't seem I'm going to be super rich. If my my child goes and picks up some drugs when he goes to. I don't have money for that. So I'm going to try and protect them as much as I possibly can. To be can. fair, if your child picks up drugs, we've got much bigger issues because yeah. I do not understand the world we're living in. If that happens. <laughs> <laughs> the Gra- thing is... Grandma <laughs> Button saying in the week. Like, I, ju- <laughs> I just don't So to double, to double back on what I was saying about, about state school, because I think the, com- the main thing is for your kid, you just want, everyone just wants the best life for their kid, right? Mm. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if the, for instance, if the private school down the road is worse than the state school down the road, I'm sending, I'm sending to the state, state school. school. And to be honest, yeah. for me personally, I probably don't want to send my kid to a private school. That's just me. So, Only reason I would, my, my, my holy grail was grammar school. Reason being is because, yeah. I, even, it's, even, it's even well, like one because it's, it's, it's cheaper. But <laughs> to be honest, if I really, if I really, in my deep in my heart, I, I would like them to go to the best possible state school there is. I just, I don't want them to grow up completely insulated from anybody else so that's that from just general but the, and the other thing about it is as well the racism that i experienced in a in a pri- in grammar schools grammar or school. private schools was it was bad so it's like the impact there's there's two impacts almost on your child's mental health. so like say you're in 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 london right it's either they experience racism and you prejudice and maybe teachers actually marking them down and all that kind of stuff yeah absolutely. or they experience like they may experience like pressures of gang life or other different things if they go to a state school so it's almost like which one yeah but in my head i would i would at least rather i would rather my, my child's safety above above everything else and that's almost partly to do with where you live as well and, yeah, yeah. the majority of it is where you are and where that school is yeah because like i said dunstan i think it's where the school is not just where you are more, more no, no, both, 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 both. So if, yeah, you, if, you, if your school, if the school yeah, home, yeah. is in an affluent area and you live in a poor area, yeah. you will automatically be alienated because there's people yeah. who are going home and they're getting picked up in there uh, by their drivers to go to their very fancy houses just down the road. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know you've got at least two bus rides, a train and an underground <laughs> to get back to where you're going to. Let's swim the rest. But your so friendship circle will be different. Not, no, not necessarily. In, I, I've got a friend 
Real verse. I've got a guy who I was in the same form group in for five years. <laughs> 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 that poor friend is sitting at home <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. Almost no, made the my cut. Friend, oh. No, no, no. <laughs> See, here's the thing. It upsets me that we're not friends because... All right, this isn't therapy. Make your point. <laughs> <laughs> because his, his uncle... His uncle is the CEO of one of Europe's largest shipping companies. He has just inherited dumb money, (laughs) stupid money. We're talking five bedroom, five bedroom house bought flat out cash. London. Imagine you can put that with cash. This is why I needed him to be my friend. But we just went to school together. I choose. However, I chose not to live that life personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was your yeah. decision. Yeah, yeah. You guys don't know my bank account. <laughs> but <laughs> the problem, the problem is that. So that's one thing. If you're if you're living in a completely different area to where the school is, you will have that separation in yourself. Mm-hmm. If the school itself, no matter how good the school may seem to be, if it's still in that area and it's still attracting people within that catchment area. The majority of people that will be in it are the same people that are in that area. So for no. for for Dunstans, for Dunstans, most of us live in like we're within half an hour. So we're either Catford, we're Lewisham, we're Beckenham, we're Grove Park. Yeah? All of those places, which means that the type of people who are there, we're we're all going through that same thing. To be honest, if I had if I had the same choice now of whether to send my child to Dunstan's having been to Dunstan's, now, I wouldn't do it. But do you, do you well, honestly think it's the same people? I, don't, I think you're maybe, I think you may think it's the same people, but the people who live in Lucian area, Grove Park, who can afford to send their children to St. Dunstan's are not the same people who are living in Lucian Grove Park and send their children to the local state. I don't think it's most of the same people. I think there are people, even in an area as broad as Lucian, there are people in Lucian who are more well-off than other people in Lucian and they are sending their children to that school. Yeah, there because are that, different that, parts of like, Lucian. No, I don't feel like everybody who's living in the, and maybe the, I, I don't mean that everyone in the council state is poor, but people who live in the council state are necessarily sending their children to the private school. Unless unless they manage to get the academic scholarship and a bursary because so you that's could, what I'm saying. But that's, like, that's a, that happened in my school. That's a birth minority of people. Like the majority of people aren't doing that. Therefore, it's not the same people. And I and I and I do think it's the area that you live in. I do think. But then I've grown up and lived in Catford my whole life. And if you ask me how many like people I know in Catford, like how many of my friends live in Catford. Like I don't actually really have that many people I know live in Catford, and that's part of the part of the reason is school. Like it literally is school because when I went to school, like yeah. I just I didn't see those people. No, but un- so understand. I think the the example you gave of people who came off the council estate and happened to be able to get the uh, support they needed, whether through scholarships, bursaries, whatever, to go to schools that needed payment. I was one of those people. So when I was coming up from. I used to live in Sydney. We lived on a council estate, sit floor of a flat. All of us, we would come down the lift together, go to the primary school across the road, come back out. When year five came, we took those secondary transfer tests. My parents took all that time to use money they never had mm-hmm. to get me ready for these STTs, then to get me ready for SATs, then to get me ready for 11 plus. Right? And what that did though, was at the point when I was applying for secondary schools 
and I'm seeing all of my friends wanting to go to Sedge Hill and I was the only one who wasn't allowed to put Sedge Hill on the form. Like we literally couldn't. What that did was for a good amount of time, I'm now at a place where thanks to Facebook and technologies that have allowed us to reconnect, it separated me instantly from those people and that's why I understand where a lot of that resentment comes from. Right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. what it does is for us, it is very easy to get lost in the source and to yeah. be like, oh yeah, I've, I've gotten here. I had to take an exam to get here. I must be all this in a bag of chips. Mm. Not only that, because that's also the rhetoric that's coming down from the teachers. Listen, mm. the fact that you're here means that you are part of a certain uh, top 10%, top 20%. You can't be acting like the rest of them. So that, for a young child to be hearing that, that soaks in a lot quicker. Then for the people that you grew up with, the people that you have spent the first, what, 11 years of your life where you're just running around the same parks, you're going to the same after-school clubs, you're doing the same thing. For you to suddenly be able to have things that they could only dream of, you can understand where some of that resentment comes from. Like, they don't want to turn it in and internalize it and turn on their parents because their parents may be doing all they They're can. They're doing the best they can. And they don't understand why is it that you, you get this have this thing and I don't. We did this. We we basically, from what I could see, we had the same setup. But so the, what what, what I steps mean, did I miss? You when I say that, that's what I'm saying. That it's not just about the the part of the reason why that the private school protects you is because of the separation. And and that's maybe an uncomfortable thing, but that's part of the reason why it protects you because it separates you because then your friendship groups become splintered or fra- like it, it doesn't have to be that way. I think it's very possible that you could have gone to the school you've gone to and still maintained your friendships. But because of the cycles of poverty and what it, and in, the, in certain neighborhoods and what that then, and I don't even want to say that because I'm, there's loads of kids who go to state schools and live in council states and go on to do very, not like great things with their lives and have great jobs and whatever. So it's kind of like, that's not even the just, majority just, of people. We're like, just talking about percentages, but, but, right? In terms of percentages, but I'm saying, for example, especially, and specifically for young black boys in London, because I think even if we're talking about it, black women, I think that's actually like a different conversation because I know so many black women who went to state schools and have done fine. I think there's a particular problem with, I don't know, the culture, with, with I don't know, whatever. But I think the, the, the separation, because of the environment, the separation is almost what protects you. Because you don't, because you then, because then you're seen as different. Because then maybe they don't holler at you as much. Because then you're not drawn into certain things, and that's actually part of the protection that you're not drawn into certain things because the friendship group mm. is then splintered, and that's <coughs> maybe uncomfortable. That's part of the reason why people send their children to private school, especially maybe black parents in this era, because they want them to be separated from that group because yeah. they don't want them to be. But then, but then, people. but then maybe then, and that's where the problem lies is in that separation. It then creates one and us and them mentality. Yeah. Just the whole thing of we're not, not we we then can't be one group of black people fighting together. It just means like, well, I'm gonna go on my little middle class journey or upper class journey, and my kids we're gonna have this great life, and you lot are just gonna be in the hood or wherever you lot are, and we're just gonna go on to do bigger and better things. And so then people have that resentment. And so I I think as people like as someone who went to a private school and went to a grammar school. Like even, okay, even just referring earlier to what I said in this conversation, someone might look at, listen to what I said and say, he's basically saying that all state schools are just rubbish and like private and grammar schools are just the best or whatever. And they may just take that and be like, that's just an example of another middle-class kid who doesn't know anything about whatever. And it's just, and I think one of, one of the things that I've learned as someone who's private middle-class kid 
oh sorry who, a middle class kid who's gone to a private school and a grammar school it's sometimes you have to just listen to people's experiences mm. and what they've experienced from private or, or grammar school kids because just because you you personally may not be like that and may not be looking down on people and all that kind of stuff doesn't mean that there aren't other people who are because yeah. even like I know we we know private school kids who are just like black private school black kids who really are just up themselves and are not trying to be like the rest of uh, um, us and they're just trying to marry some white women and run off with them and just leave the whole black community behind there are people like that that's tense because you are literally describing me maybe what five years ago yeah but you changed I have changed amen (laughs) (laughs) but but so but then but do do you see though so in a in a sense it's like what is more what is worth more to the community if we're churning up people no offense if we're churning up people like like five years yeah. ago, Richard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was listening to this um, as well, talking about capitalism, that capitalism, inherent in capitalism is individualism. Mm-hmm. So it's the idea that if I get ahead, I'm doing something positive for the black community just because I've got ahead. But realistically, if you as an individual are getting ahead, but you take no one with you, you're not actually doing anything for the black community. Like a lone in fact, black, in fact, you're probably worse. You're probably worse yeah. doing something. Like, like a lone black person mm. in a position in a company, like does actually, does that effectively do that? Like it does do, I think it does for representation, does for, if, but I think if they're aware and they're socially aware and they're looking backwards or looking at their community and, and trying to do stuff, then it does something. But alone, like for example, that, that stereotypical lone black guy who makes it, makes out the hood, marries a white woman and then doesn't look back. Yeah. His success, like what does it actually do for the black community apart from, I guess, the idea of maybe a young black kid can see them in that position and maybe aspire to it and that's an inspirational thing. It, it kind of doesn't say, do... Um, but, yeah. and, I, and, I hear, and I hear that as well. Like, and I think that's maybe the danger is like, if you send your children to private school or to grammar school, I feel like there needs to be a mindset that you send them with and I think the individualism of like, if I achieve something, then that's good enough. And I, but and then, that's, do you I see how you're, Do you see how you're saying is two sides of the same coin though? Because what someone would say, if I send my kids to a state school, I send them with the mindset of this, that and the other. And that's what they're going in there to achieve. And that's what they're going to achieve. And the black parent who sends their kid to a private school saying, I'm going to send them in. And it's literally just a two sides yeah, of the coin. but the forces are No, the forces are different. And the consequences are vastly different. No, the consequences might be different. Okay, but here's... The, okay, for instance, I'm just thinking about the majority of my friends that I know that went to state schools. Majority of them don't have any links to grand crime, like gang, gang crime. They didn't... Majority of them didn't get stabbed. Like, yeah, but what they, how are they doing comparatively to... Maybe and that's it. And yeah, and, but yeah, and that's that's the that's the that's the only thing that I can be honest. The, the honest thing is about is that generally, in terms of financially, like they're not doing as well, and that's just that's probably just a factor of yeah, you're right of probably where they went where they went to school. But although I'm thinking about the ones that went to uni, they're so, doing as well as me, if not better. Uh, so, so what I would say is, I think the the main divide actually with private schools, grammar schools, state schools is less of a. I think it should that we should try to switch the focus of the conversation Mm. from being a racial element to being one of class. So Mm. what we understand is that for generations and generations, the upper class have been able to afford to send their schools to the, uh, send their kids to these private schools. Now, some of those people have mingled in because of universities having to accept more people. We see a growing middle class now being able to send their their kids to these private schools to to gain that same access and entry. And I think what the ideal outcome of these different options of school would be that for everyone who is getting the best education that they can, 
they turn around and once a door is open for them, they hold that door open. Uh-huh. The difficulty comes when, like we say, we get the lone wolf who is willing to close the door behind them and barricade it. Don't share that <laughs> knowledge. not even close barricade they do they do they push it because those are the same people that turn around being like well actually i don't think we should open it to um people from these disadvantaged backgrounds because they are more likely to bring down the the quality they're more likely to bring the people who do that i don't believe in positive discrimination i think it should be a meritocracy because everybody should have an equal chance exactly and i don't believe in affirmative action we know that doesn't exist so for me one of the one of the um conscious decisions i'm trying to take this year is the further I go up in my company, I need to take more dis- deliberate action. Black nepotism. Deliberate action <laughs> to go, look, here's what I can do. Here is what I can give you access to. You may not get it through school. You may not be able to go to a university to see it, but I am now another route that you can go to come in because these things exist, Like particularly in my, in my company. We have so many schemes that exist that allow you to come in through the door but we are only telling the same people. Uh-huh. And when I'm at work, I'm in all these panels about how we can increase diversity. I am explaining this. That what, like we, need to, we need to tackle the culture overall, and that comes from initial attraction, uh, retention of people who are already in, and promotion of people who deserve to be promoted. Like so throughout that, and I think one of the things that we are missing is going back into schools, whether it's a state school, whether it is a uh, grammar school, whether it's a private school. The, the key for those schools is really to prepare you for a life in which you're able to achieve anything you want, right? Oh. Once you've achieved that, help others do the same. Those who you grew up with. So for me, if I grew up in an estate, I have one of the guys who I went to, I was at the, his gran was my childminder. And I went back to visit her a few years ago. And she was like, oh yeah, this guy's good, this guy's good, this guy's good. Oh, this one? Nah, um... He's in prison at the moment because he stabbed someone and killed the boy. And I grew up with this kid. Like, we were in that same house. And you think about the fact that there are so many things that are outside of our control as oh. children. We, we tend to point the blame at the kids. Yeah. yeah, you went to private school, so clearly you're a bit snobby. You went to grammar school. What do you know what it's like to be, to be real, to be about these streets, to be about ends? But there are, the, the, the kids don't take the decision. The kids don't pay for the entry to private school. It's the parents that give them the opportunity. So when we become adults, when we come out of those pathways that we've been sent down, let's come down, realize where there are blockages and see what we can do to relieve some of that. An elite only counts as an elite if it remains small. You open up those accesses, they're no longer elite because we're all there. But isn't the nature of capitalism that there will always be an elite? Yeah. And at that level, that's why I understand why people... Uh, yeah and i get that and this is but this is my I, I guess i'm very pragmatic if you are going to overthrow capitalism and you feel like it's it's something that's imminently going to happen then fair enough put your children in the revolution but as i see it that's not going to imminently happen so therefore i, I i'm not do you see what i mean is this, like is the majority of the population ever going to vote for a pure socialist government no so is capitalism ever imminently going to be overthrown in my lifetime unlikely so therefore why am i participating in these in these uh ideological discussions about state schools and stuff i'm just gonna send my school my child to the school that is going to do the best for them like end of story yeah but i would but i would say that um like one thing i just wanted to question is it's just interesting the idea of like um white people don't have this feeling of community right or we know the reason why it's an experience but like 
the idea that okay in order to like in, and i think it's very different if you look at america if you look at england in america there is like a black middle class mm-hmm. right as almost like a distinctive and it, and it has been since after slavery and that was based on a lot on colorism as well but there was a distinct black middle middle class and they moved differently and they did what they did and there wasn't a sense that in order for them to um like in order for them to be black there had to be this kind of I don't know, struggle. And it was just like, this is a black middle class and they do, they are black and they are well off and that's what they do. And I think in England, because to be black is always, is almost assumed to be working class or there's always such a strong connection with it that in these conversations, it's kind of like the, there's almost like a sense of uh, not shame, but there's a sense of um, like discomfort if you are black and middle class, because you almost feel like you're leaving, like your blackness is so connected to not being that in in, in the kind of the culture that mm-hmm. it's like you're leaving your blackness behind if you become, and it's like this kind of social anxiety that black middle class people have to not like be seen to be well off. Well, it's just, I, I don't know. And I don't know where to put, because I feel like I've always, and even having this conversation, all three of us are speaking, but we don't really, like we're all speaking and the, the voice that is not in the room is probably somebody from a very working class background. Like that's the voice that's not in the room. Yeah, I mean, t- apart from Richard, I, I mean, today is, <laughs> but I mean, but now, like, would you just, listen, do you see what I'm saying? As in now you're speaking as somebody who's but then I think spent their, is, their, as in post-secondary school in a yeah. very middle-class environment. Yeah. So even though you did grow up from working class background, you still are kind of, that's more in the past. If you see what I'm saying, rather than being yeah, but your I, so I think so. I situation. think the the key is though. Um, I agree that for me personally, I'm not moving towards socialism in terms of redistribution of wealth like that, forcefully taking away from others to give to everyone and bring everyone up on a level. What I am though, what I am advocating for is um, that increase in opportunity for it. So, yes. I'm going to want my kids to do the best they can. Yes, I'm going to send them to the best possible school, regardless of whether it's private, whether it's grammar, whether it's state. I want the best school because we know that there are stories all of last year's uh, um, exam results season was kind of dominated by that academy that basically had everyone smashing all A's and A stars. Um, And they were all from working class backgrounds. They weren't a grammar school. They weren't a private school. They were bucking the trend. But I think what I want is while I increase, I want to give those who have come from similar situations to me, but may not be able to um, afford the same opportunities afforded to me. If I can find a new route, open a new door, even if it's a window, right, where they can at least see what is possible and ways that they can go to achieve it, then I can do that. I will, I will push to use my... Use my blessings to bless others. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, to go back to one of the points you just made, I know this might be a bit of a tangent, but you were talking about not pushing for social socialism and redistribution of wealth. Mm. But this is just a bit of a tangent. But the the happiness, I don't know if you guys saw the happiness index came out um, like maybe a week or so ago or this week. And literally the place the places that have the highest, because I was talking about with a work colleague and literally the, we, the, one of the main things about this life is we want to be happy, like, to have money and all that kind of stuff is all, it's all the pursuit of like happiness, really. That's what, in, in essence, a lot of humans, what humans are trying to get to. 
And so if you look at somewhere, the highest rated place I think was Finland. Mm-hmm. And Finland has the, I just looked at their tax rates, it's like 50%. Yeah. So they're getting taxed mad, but they're happy. Yeah. And the reason why is because the, the um, distribution of wealth, like the inequalities is much lower, like crime kind of stuff is lower. So as much as I wouldn't necessarily say I'm either a socialist or a capitalist, but something that could really work is when you have that redistribution of wealth through like higher taxation, like people are happy, people are happier mm. at the end of the day because it's like all, having loads and loads of money isn't necessarily going to, isn't going to make you happy, but there's just certain like indicators that really, you know, do make things that do make you happy, like your family and like your community around you. Yeah. And like, you know, higher taxation, that kind of stuff can lead to, to achieve that. So when it comes to coming back to the state school and, and that kind of conversation, if we did have higher taxes, that would probably lead to better state schools, which would then lead to the less of an distribution, like inequality in terms of distribution of wealth. Dependent, would pro- dependent on the management of that. But yeah. Depending on the management of that. And then that potentially can lead to a happier society where we don't have the same problems in terms of... Because if you even if you look at like why kids get into gangs and stuff, majority is mo- it's money. Yeah. If, you gave, if you said to all these kids right now, I'm going to give you 100 Gs legally, do it if you want. They're probably like, oh, forget the gang. I'm just going to go and live off my money now. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go and take that money and do something else. Like poverty is one of the, is like the underpinning of it. Yeah. And that's, and I've said it so many times in the podcast, like if you put one person, if you put me in that same situation, I may end up doing the same thing. So really you take them out of that environment, they don't do the same things. So yeah, I think we maybe, in, and that's why potentially people are saying, I'm going to put my kid in, not experiment, but like, I'm just going to look for the best state school. I'm not trying to send them to a grammar school. Because I want to support the the state school system and I believe that it can be better and I'm going to pour my time and energy into making that system better. Because the parent might say, you know what, I'm actually going to be really involved in my kid's school. I'm going to go to all the parents' evenings. I'm going to go to all the parents' meetings. I'm going to make yeah, sure there's change in school. I'm, yeah, I'm going to make sure this school is sick. So in my to be honest, in my head, that sounds like a better solution to me. That if all, I'm not saying- It is a better solution, say, yeah, but it's uh, also risk. And it's a risk it's, I'm not prepared to take with my child. And that's the thing. It's not bad for and that's what I'm saying. It's not bad for you to say that. And I think that's where we need to where we need to get to. Like it's not always bad. It's not bad if someone says that. But I think the ideal probably is if like you have a bunch of black parents in one area, you say, you know what, guys, we're gonna go and we're gonna take the school by storm. We're gonna set like we've got kids of similar ages, we're gonna send them to the school, but we're just gonna make it the sickest school. Like we're gonna make sure the teachers are on point, we're gonna hold them to account. We're going to, you know, help make sure there's after school, all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's really the ideal. That's probably the best thing you can do. But can I also just add that one of the reasons why people send their children to private school is because of the mindset you develop. I know we're going to go off the topic soon, but just part of the reason why private school is elitist. But if you think about the psyche of growing up black in a society, to grow up black in this society is to not see yourself as an elite. And it's to not see yourself as deserving of the best and not see yourself as above anybody because you're constantly told you're at the bottom, your people are inferior, your people are inferior, you are inferior, you are inferior. And one thing that private school does is give you confidence. And one thing I noticed about black kids who go to private school is like when you walk into white middle-class spaces, these white middle-class kids, some of them are so confident, not off, their confidence is based on, based on gas. Like it's not actually because they're actually great, you know, it's based on the gasness of the private school telling them that they are amazing people. And one of the things that I really value, the fact that I went to private school, is, do you know what I think? I think I'm a very intelligent person and you can't yeah, tell me I anything. Know I know I'm sure. smart. Yeah, yeah. Like I believe in my own source. Like I am, I have a very high IQ, so don't even try try me. And that's one of the things that 
if I walk into a white middle class space, I don't feel intimidated by these little white boys. Like, you're not going to intimidate me to feel like I'm inferior. I know I'm not inferior to you. Like, I've been told my whole life, being gassed, been told that I'm smart. So you can't tell me that I'm inferior. And, and even with that, even going to very majority middle class white spaces, there will still be a discomfort there. But private school has almost shielded me, given me a bit of a cushion that maybe some other people didn't have because I feel comfortable moving in that space. And I, because I know that they're articulate, you know, these, these people, their articulate speech, whatever, it's not based on the fact that they're more intelligent than me. It's literally just to do with the fact of opportunities and the fact that they've had, uh, been surrounded by this culture that I've also been in so that I, I know it's gas. But when you come from maybe a background where you haven't been around that and there's all these people throwing around, you know, their culture is slightly different and the middle class culture has its own kind of codes. You could become intimidated by that almost like I don't belong here and I'm not good enough for here. And one thing that private school does for black kids, it gives you enough gas to be like, actually, you have a right to be yeah, in this space. I, I'm meant to be here. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I want to interject. <laughs> interject. Ooh. I mean, you guys are all Londoners. So it's interesting to hear this because um, I went to state school, but um, in Milton Keynes at a time when there weren't really any black people in Milton Keynes. And a lot of what you're saying just sounds like the experience of being somewhere where you're like one of few black people. Um, the experience <coughs> of like being in a um, private school rather than a state school, being that like there's more black people in the state school. Like in Milton Keynes, that just wasn't the case. Like whatever school you're in in Milton Keynes, whether it's one of the more affluent ones or um, not, there's not really any black people there. So that situation just isn't, that's just not what state school in MK looks like. But in all. terms of opportunities, do you feel like going to an, a state school with affluent white people gave you more opportunities? Than well, it sounds a lot to, more know? similar to what you're saying about your private school experience. Yeah. And mine was that's just really, a state school. That's you know? really interesting. Like I speak like this. Yeah. I didn't go to... Um, a private school and get mm. elocu elocution mm. <laughs> just uh, you know it's this is what people talk spoke. like in Milton Keynes yeah. um I didn't have that inner city experience so maybe you're talking about like state school in, in inner London. city London yeah, yeah, we're about you need to be specific because there's a lot of state schools in England but then the majority <laughs> I think the places where the majority of black people live are in a, London, are London Birmingham, Birmingham Manchester, Manchester Liverpool and the and the state schools in those they areas, there. Uh, yeah. they have similar, I would say, experiences in terms of like the inner city life or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'd say def definitely, if, if if a black kid went to a state school in Devon, I I wouldn't say it's I would never. Experience. Experience. I don't think yeah. I would say I'll never send my child to state school in Devon. I no. My friends who went to who were white and went to state schools in like Devon, it does sound like a not a similar but mm -hmm. similarish experience to going a black person going to a private school in. London, yeah. like they, you have better resources, you have access yeah, to stuff. Yeah, like my sister went to private school in Buckinghamshire um, when they first, because my family moved to Croydon, um, from Croydon to Milton Keynes just before I was, I was gonna born. Say, who moves to Croydon? <laughs> they, yeah, they moved out of Croydon um, to Milton Keynes um, for what sounds like similar reasons to what you're saying about why you may send your child to a private school, you know, mm -hmm. for a different um, environment for their children. Um, and I think we got that. Um, so it's interesting 
to kind of add that element of maybe it's not necessarily maybe the private school is giving you a little respite from everything that comes with being in inner city London rather than necessarily the schooling itself even though yes um in private schools basically everywhere you have like less students to teachers so you're going to have more attention um given to you in class um the classes and um, syllabus can be a bit more specialized and um they can be a bit more creative with how they teach you um and that attitude of you can just succeed like you're great that gas I mean they didn't pump as much of that into my schooling as I know they do in um private school but yeah I think that distinction of um white versus black is really a quite a city situation it's resources isn't it like basically white privilege gives you resources and if you have access to white people's resources then yeah yeah so it depends what which white people because well i I was in an area in milton Keynes that was very like upper middle class Mm -hmm. um so you know those kids are going to that school with me whereas um say other parts of milton Keynes those kids in that catchment area going to that school may have a different experience than mm-hmm. the one I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, again, it's what you were saying, um, Tindy, about location, maybe more so than, like, race. Yeah. Lo- location and, um, like, class. Yeah. And it's, it, I think this, this, this could feed into um, uh, the next topic. Like, when, when Akala went on to... Good Morning Britain Maggie, when he went know, on to man like. uh, Channel 4. He like, he's ex- not revolutionary though. But he's, not, he's not revolutionary. <laughs> but he explained that the, <laughs> the, issues, that. the issues of crime and knife crime and violence aren't, ra- aren't split across race, racial lines. Mm. They're split across ca- class lines. Mm. Like at all times through history, regardless mm. of whether there were black people in this country or not, there has been mm. crime and violence. And that has been split based on how poor the people within that area were. If you are forcing people to constantly struggle for resources, they will do what it takes to try to get those resources. Because especially, and and this this is probably where my support of capitalism really, really falls to zero, is the idea of hoarding wealth to that degree when you are in an environment of sheer poverty just on your doorstep. Mm. Like Canary Wharf is one of the most embarrassing examples this country has. Or in fact, no, not the country, um, the city of London has. Mm. Because in in Canary Wharf are the world's largest banks, some of the largest um, law firms, some of the largest consultancies, some of the richest people. And on the same, same postcode, Tower Hamlets, is one of the poorest boroughs in London. It, homelessness it, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. And you always just think if they if they took everyone just took zero point zero 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 one percent of their profits, just not, just that little bit. Yeah. And just said we're just gonna give that one time. They probably it'd be it'd be cool. It would make it. It makes a huge difference. And so that's what it is. Like whether it's what school you go to, whether it's um, whether or not you're going to be violent involved in gang crime. That comes down to how 
well off your family are, how well off the people in your area are, and how many opportunities you get to escape that environment. But then somehow there's this lie being spread around that that's not the case and that it is because you're black. <laughs> you know, mm. that being black and being poor come hand in hand yes, in this but country. They kind of, I don't think we can separate class. Being, we can't separate We're class and yet. race. You, you We're not there yet. Yeah, you can't separate <laughs> class England. and race. It's not that to be black, to be poor, but even to be black middle class is a completely different entity to be white, white middle, middle class. class. Yeah. It's a completely Absolutely. different entity. And you can't, you can't separate, you, you're black. You, you can't separate <laughs> class and race because there are things that happen to black middle class people that do not happen to white middle class people that your money will not shield you from. Mm-hmm. And it's not even to do, even things like they did, and they don't, we don't have enough research in this country in terms of sociology on the black middle class. We don't have an established black middle class. But we do have black middle class people, that, but people haven't bothered to do enough research into it. But if you look at, I know there is one lady who has done some research, but if you look at America, part of the reason why they said the black middle class, like black middle class people are always closer to poverty than white middle class people. Mm-hmm. And also even things like black middle class people are more likely to have a family member who's in jail, they're more likely to have a family member who requires their financial assistance. So even to be black and middle class in this country, mm-hmm. how many people have family in the Caribbean or some parts of Africa that they send money back to? Mm-hmm. How many people have family members that are themselves working class that they support? How many family um, people have... Um, not even family, but but uh, friendship people in their friendship circle or people in their church family circle who are who are less well off than them, and they are a means of financial support or even emotional or whatever support for those people. And that is a uh, a I don't want to say drain on your resource, resources because it makes it sound like they're leeching, but as in like that is a a pull on your resources that a lot of white middle class people have, do not have but then because the, they have generational wealth and black middle class people often don't have very that. new <laughs> and, and it depends on where they come from because if you come from somewhere like Nigeria for example some some families in Nigeria they do have a form of generational wealth like their dad might be rich and their granddad might be rich but especially those of us and even some families in the Caribbean but a lot of people who came from the Windrush generation who came here in the 50s most of us don't have generational wealth so literally like from for me, like my grandparents were factory workers and cleaners and then yeah. they worked super hard like to send all their kids to university. There's no aunt about to die and Yeah, give to you give me loads of money at <laughs> the house. Like they worked super <laughs> hard to yeah. send my all my like all my most of my aunts and uncles went either went to university or got, you know, jobs like good jobs. Mm. And then that meant that my parents kind of became middle class and then I was born into I, I guess being well enough enough that I went to private school from a young age and I've grown up in that environment. But if you take me two generations back, my family's working class. Mm. And that's a completely different type of generational wealth from somebody whose granddad and great grand. I know p- people who went to medical school who's like their great granddad wrote some medical textbook like, you know, a couple hundred years ago. Or they have, I mean, I lived in a house with a lord. Like he was like <laughs> the heir apparent to little worth or something like that. Like he literally, his dad <laughs> is on the house with like, is a hereditary peer. That is a completely different type of wealth to somebody. Different type of middle class. To, so, so, different, so that even when you say you can't, so you, you can't disconnect so honest, race and class. To be you just black, can't. To be black. To be black is mainly to be poor. It, yeah, but even, even but even when you're black England, and you're yeah. rich or well off, is there is you have you have a closer connection to poverty and you are yeah. uh, more likely to slip back into poverty. As yeah, in your so children are more likely to be working yeah, class. There's been black, studies on Black it. middle class kids are more likely to be working class than their white middle class counterpart so i am more likely to have a child that becomes working class even though i have a i have a good job and live in a great area it's far more likely that my child will could end up in prison or it's not the same thing yeah no and i and i see that so i think 
one of the examples as you were speaking, I was just trying to remember it, of uh, Fiona Onasonia, oh the Peter Brett MP for, uh, for Labour. monkey, bruv. What did she do that for? Um, call black people monkeys. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean it in a... Wow. I didn't mean that in a... You really in were way, doing this? I just call people monkey. Not okay, okay, okay. Mm, Harry H&M Tubman. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, but yeah, no, that, that point of... Even though she is an MP, she is as close to the middle class and upper class as she thought she was going to get. She still got given the toughest sentences. Like, she, she got sentenced to jail. She got didn't sentenced Chris, yeah, to jail. Didn't, didn't Chris Hoon get sentenced to jail? Like a couple of the men got sentenced to jail. For no, but a lot thing. of them get suspended How sentences. Many? Don't they get suspended sentences? A lot of them get like community services. Yeah, and and how many of them? Like wipe some graffiti off a wall for a bit. Yeah, I, so I, <laughs> I, I I agree with you. That there is definitely a difference in um, the the rankings of of class when you take into account race. I think it it would be it would be intellectually dishonest to try to deny that there weren't differences. Mm. Yemi's quiet. Hi, people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but here's the thing. I, I, I think we need to have this conversation. A, a, well, I want to have this conversation with a slightly different set of people as well. So like we've kind of covered it from one side of the coin almost, mm. but I want to have it with like people who were more traditionally working class backgrounds and stuff. So I think yeah. it's interesting in, to hear in both perspectives. <laughs> In or in a city, Manchester or Birmingham, but I know they ain't coming down. The conversation so, um, sounds very, very different. Huh? It's, it will sound very, very different. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. This is what, which I think is which I think would be great.